We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Okay, everybody, we're going to try and keep it positive. Uh, it's going to be tough, but uh, I'll, I'll uh, do my best. Um, so uh, for those of you keeping track of uh, the upgrades and the, and the changes to the podcasting environment, uh, I have purchased a foam, uh, I don't know what to call it exactly. It's like a foam screen, but it's, it's heavy and it sits on a microphone stand and it's supposed to keep, uh, you know, unwanted uh, reflections and, and echoes and uh, hopefully a little bit of uh, computer noise out of the uh, podcast. Of course, you know, I've always got music going in the background and that's, the, you know, in case there is weird noises. Of course, can't shut up that damn dog. Here's a bump in the night, freaks out. But uh, speaking of the music, uh, this is Mondo Cosmo. And so uh, you're going to ask, hey, who's Mondo Cosmo? Um, It is a band. It's actually one dude, but I guess he didn't want to name it like the John Smith band or whatever. Uh, So he named it after his dog Cosmo, and then he just liked Mondo Cosmo because it rhymed. But he is uh, the guy who does the theme to Anna Faris's Unqualified podcast. And uh, that may be my favorite podcast uh, going right now. So uh, I'm, I, I wanted to support him because, uh, and, and it sucks because I can't get a standalone copy of that theme song. You know, all I get is the first, you know, 20 seconds of it and then they start talking over it. Um, but anyway, so I thought we would uh, highlight his album, uh, brand new album. Uh, I think it came out in August of 2017, uh, and we are recording this in late September of 2017. Uh, Sometimes there's a big, big delay between when I record a thing and when I actually put it out. So uh, just to have a little timestamp for you uh, to know when we're doing this. Okay, so what's been going on? Uh, well, so you can see by the title of the podcast, I have been laid off again. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, it, we thought it was coming for a while, um, but we just didn't know in what form. Um, I, so the company I worked for, they bought another company. Uh, that company did a lot of different things, one of them being the thing that we do. Did. Done. Doodle. Anyway, so um, I I really thought, you know, there would be like a month or two of transition from here to there as we like figure out, you know, as we port over the customers and do all this stuff. But no, the day after the deal closed, actually the day the deal closed, uh, the VP came to my door and was like, uh, hey, can we talk? And I was like, oh, damn. But I managed other people, so I didn't really know who was getting hit. And it was funny because I came in the next day 
Well, so that night I started, you know, boxing up my stuff and taking it away. And uh, one of the guys saw me do that and he, it was funny because I wasn't allowed to say that I had been laid off yet. I had to wait until the, the next day before I could start telling people. But, you know, I started taking stuff out of the office and, and uh, uh, one guy saw me and he was like, oh, what's going on? And I was just like, oh, you know, just, you know, straightening up. Uh, and so I just assumed he told everybody. But then I got in the next day and... Uh, yeah, I was talking to this other uh, woman who worked there, and uh, she said, uh, so, you know, um, was your team impacted by the layoffs? And I said, no, I, no, no, she started it off with, uh, so how are you doing? And I said, well, it's fine, it's, you know, as well as could be expected. And she said, oh, okay, yeah, um, was anybody on your team affected? And I said, no, no, just me. And she was like, what? Uh, and uh, I, I, I thought she knew. I thought everybody knew, but apparently not. So um, uh, so anyway, so I, I have been uh, laid off for like three months. Uh, you would think in all of that time, I would have recorded another podcast episode. But uh, first of all, I, I mean, my first job is to find another job, right? It isn't to do this. Uh, I wish I could get paid to do this, but I am not. So, uh, yeah, it, it, god damn, man. Finding a job is a full-time job. It's ridiculous how much work it takes. And, you know, um, not only finding another job, but uh, I have been... You know, I have one of those technical jobs where I'm expected to, like, know a programming language, which sucks. Uh, in hindsight, I probably would not have done that uh, because, you know, it's one of those things where it's like there's five different programming languages I could conceivably be asked something about. And obviously, they're not going to just spring it on me. But, you know, when I'm applying for this job and I'm, like, looking at the requirements and I'm like, great, I do... 90% of this, except for this programming language, which I kind of know a little bit. So then, you know, they, they usually ask, you know, they usually quiz you at some point to be like, well, tell us, you know, a, a programming thing. And so I'm like, oh, all right. And so I, I have to spend a lot of time studying programming to do this. And of course, it, you, you never know. You never know what they're going to ask you. Um, I, I have not, it's funny, I have not had a programming test this time around which is weird um and uh i thought i would there were a couple of people who said they would there was one place i went that kind of did but not really and it's it's funny it's uh, uh so okay so i'll tell you about the two jobs um the two places that i've interviewed recently uh i had one job that i really really wanted um, it's right across the street from where we live. They just put in uh, this big office building across the street. And it, I just, the, uh, the dream of walking to work. I mean, it was like they couldn't, they could not have made this company closer to where I live. Uh, and so I, I really, really wanted that job. And I spent. Over two months, I spent about eight hours interviewing with various people. 
you know, some HR, some hiring manager, one guy in London. I mean, it was just, I did this power interview for five hours. I have a feeling that it's it's the weirdo director of the department that didn't want me because he was the only, well, not, not the only one, but he was one of the, he was the only new interview on that final round that I had never talked to that I thought didn't go well. All the other people I had already talked to or were brand new and I thought went well. And so, and it's funny too, because I was talking to the hiring manager and he has a real strange relationship with that director. Oh, and the director um, is also a libertarian. And I found that out by digging into his Facebook page. Uh, and he's like, you know, he's, 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 uh, likes the groups uh, impeach Nancy Pelosi and libertarians for justice or truth or whatever it was and kind of makes me think like maybe I dodged a bullet this time like maybe if something happens to that weirdo director that maybe oh here's Mondo Cosmos um, I, I think this is his U2 song uh, you know where it's not a U2 song it just sounds like a song that they would do here take a listen Okay, so uh, so I didn't get that job. And the, oh, that, oh, the other thing that was really strange, too, is that um, I had interviewed the big interview on a Tuesday. As I'm leaving the interview, I say to the guy, hey, hiring manager, do you know when you're going to know, you know, do, when are you going to have a decision? And he says, oh, it'll be Friday. Okay, Friday. Friday comes and goes, nothing. Monday... I sent him an email and I was like, hey, just checking in. You know, he's he's had almost a week, right? Nothing. So then Tuesday rolls around and I write him again and I include HR this time because I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe he's sick or out of the office or can't respond or whatever. HR might know that. And so then maybe HR could chime in and say like, hey, he can't get back to you right now. Eat a dick. And I'm like, okay, great. So then nothing. And then another two weeks goes by and by and th- at this point i am pissed i'm like are you fucking kidding me you're ghosting me like some sort of shitty tinder date like you fucked me and then that's it you get nothing so i was really mad and then of course you know i'm like plotting about like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna email the ceo of the company and i'm just like fired up and then so then i i post a couple of things on facebook and people just write back and they're like, yeah, this is just, it happens all the time. It's not unique. And I was just sort of like, oh, all right, never mind. And I just went back to, uh, you know, my daily life. Um, but it just sucks. Uh, but anyway, so then after the two weeks, he, the, guy, the hiring manager actually called me to tell me I did not get the job. And I always wonder about this. It always seems strange to me that, like, um, companies, like, treat their employees like their girlfriends. And, and you know, I a lot of times, like, you'll see people and they'll write their resignation letters. And it's like, you know, these big flowery overtures about how much they enjoyed their time at this company. And it's like, what are you doing? This is a this is a job. It's not your wife, all right? Just I, the, when I do it, I'm just like I quit. 
my last day will be this. You know, good luck. Whatever. Sincerely. Boom. And and that's fine, you know? I and, and so I told him that. I was like, you know, you we could just do this through email. And he was like, well, you know, you, we invested a lot of time in you. You invested a lot of time in us. I just felt like a call. And I was like, okay, well, thanks, man. But, yeah, it was super weird. Um, so that was that company. Now, another company that I interviewed at, uh, also in San Mateo, which is nice. Um, oh, I should, I should mention the uh, one of the companies I interviewed with was um, they do... Uh, uh, bullet firing technology. So basically what they do is they go to a city, probably a crime-ridden city, and they say, okay, look, we're going to set up a series of microphones all over your city. And then when we will be constantly listening, and then when we hear a, 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 a bullet go off, our software captures that data and then it triangulates based on all of those microphones, you know, hearing the same thing at the same time. And based on its volume, you triangulate where the gunshot happened. And I was like, okay. So I, I applied to them. They were not in San Mateo. They, I would not have taken that job. It was too far away. I mean, it was technically the Bay Area, but it was too far away. And uh, the, 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 the recruiter was kind of weird. And the, and, the, and the ratings on Glassdoor.com were absolutely brutal. Um, and I was like, wow, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to work here. And that's the great thing about Glassdoor.com. I mean, you know, I am anxious and desperate to get a job, but boy... I, I see those bad ratings on Glassdoor and I re, it just takes me back to jobs I hated and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that again. That was terrible. Oh, so, okay, so the, the, the newest job that I've interviewed with uh, is a company in San Mateo and um, they are based in Romania and I am interviewing with this, with this guy and he's... He actually lives in Romania, and he was out here um, interviewing for this job. So I'm talking to him, and uh, he's like, oh, there will, just so you know, there will definitely be travel for this job. And I said, okay. He's like, you're going to have to go to Romania. And he tells me how often, and I'm like, oh, that's okay. You know, that's about as often as I went to New York. And he was like, haha, New York. No, 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 no. Romania is far. It's really far. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And then, you know, I'm such a jackass. I think I know things and I don't. Uh, so, uh, of course, I'm the product of California, you know, public school system. So my sense of geography, not so good. And uh, so I get home and I look up and we just, you know, Google plane flights to Romania. Uh, it is 16 hours, 16 hours to the former Soviet Republic of Romania, the capital of which is Bucharest. Anyway, just a fun fact there. So 
I mean, it, it would be cool. I mean, it would be super hard on Miriam because um, she, you know, we've got this kid and the kid needs to be picked up and, you know, activities and all this stuff. Uh, and if I'm gone for at least a week, minimum a week, uh, that would not be super easy. So anyway, um, if they offer me the job, uh, I will take it. Oh, the other thing that was weird about this too is that he asked me how much I would expect to make at this job. And, and I always hate that question because you don't want to price yourself out of the job. Oh, that was another thing. There was another job. Um, it was a work from home job. And their deal was they just needed somebody on the West Coast. So they weren't interested in paying Bay Area rates. They wanted to pay like Novato or you know, Carson City rates. They didn't want to pay uh, Bay Area rates. And so that was, that was, uh, they wanted to pay me less than half what I made at my last job. So no. Uh, but with the Romania gig, uh, he says to me, well, we haven't put the budget together yet for this job. So why don't you just tell me what you want and then I'll see if we can get it into the budget. And I'm like... Okay, that's weird, but all right. So I told him, I said, like, look, this is what I made at my last job. Take, I am flexible. Take it for what it's worth. So um, one of the things uh, that uh, Alexis Perplexus had said to me a long, long time ago um, that has stuck with me was uh, he said, what if... You were the only real thing in this universe and everything else was designed around it. Like, almost like the Truman Show. I think he may have predicted the Truman Show. Um, but, you know, instead of us, you know, people being people, they're actually just robots. And then they would, you know, and it... God damn, man, at this point, it really feels very Truman Show-esque and in my life. Uh, and it's interesting because I think about that, like, do I want my sh- do I want my life to be a, an entertaining Truman Show? Because I, I don't know. I mean, you know, because obviously, in order to have a good Truman Show, there has to be conflict. There has to, you know, your, your protagonist has to be suffering. They has to, you know have uh, adversity they can't all just have this wonderful life I kind of wish I kind of would like to live the wonderful life better uh, this uh, this life I mean look it's it's not you know not me living in well who are the people getting hit by hurricanes now um, uh, uh, the yeah the Caribbean uh, oh, uh, lots of places you know we've had three hurricanes in a row and, uh, and, you know, I'm sitting here in sunny California, although we might get nuked by Kim Jong-un anytime soon. But, oh, they say that the missiles, because they fly over the Earth, um, Chicago has just as much chance of getting hit. So, there's that. So... Um, we took the kid, speaking of, of uh, weekend activities, we took the kid 
and my, and my parents and, and Miriam, and we went to uh, this place called Curiosity. Uh, and it is, um, it's, it's sort of like a zoo, but it's for animals that couldn't survive in the wild. Uh, and so they had a peregrine falcon there that uh, was blind in one eye. And then they thought, well, you know, the whole fal- falcon's whole deal is that they have to, you know, measure depth from a real far away to get their prey. And so, uh, yeah, okay, probably can't go back out in the wild. Um, but they were doing a demo of, of feeding the peregrine falcon. And the guy, at the very beginning, he's like, well, uh, I, I should tell you uh, before we get started that um, I, I will be feeding um, I, the, the, the falcon here uh, some meat. So I'm hoping that's not too upsetting for anyone. So just so you know, and I'm just thinking like, oh, he's going to do what, you know, they did with the tawny frog mouth in Australia and just feed it like raw chicken or something. No, 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 no. He has a bag of severed rat heads, (laughs) like, like rat heads, like like with the skin still on just everything it's like somebody just took a big butcher knife and just whacked the head off and he's feeding it to this falcon and i'm just like i was getting grossed out i was really uncomfortable like watching this it was so gross and you know he's picking at the fur and he's just and i was like oh dear god now i'm guessing that it's um, cheaper than other things, you know, like chicken, like, you know, chicken's probably, um, you know, $5 a pound, and, you know, maybe you get a rat for a dollar a pound, I don't know, but it was just like, dear God, could you not, does it need to be this gross? Uh, And I guess he's just like, I guess the theory is like, well, this is what he got in the wild and so if we just fed him raw chicken he'd be like what's this i don't get it i don't know fuck i don't know the logic anyway uh, i did not last long there so uh i was thinking about the whole body issue debate and god knows you know certainly women have that but i and i do too though and i've always had it i i i was thinking back you know, I'm remembering that there was some like Charles Atlas bodybuilding thing I could send away for if I cut out this ad and sent them a quarter. They never sent me anything, by the way. Jerks. So then I was thinking about body issues and stuff, and then I um, I thought about. Um, uh, where like what were my first images because nowadays i mean it's everywhere like super super ripped dudes with like four percent body fat like flying through the air i mean that's every comic book movie but like you know growing up adam west was kind of doughy as batman right like great adam west r.i.p uh but you know he's not i certainly did not feel bad about myself looking at him and then I, I think it might have started in cartoons. And so um, uh, the, one, the earliest cartoon I could think of was, uh, so uh, Hanna-Barbera 
used to have like, it was like either an hour or an hour and a half block of cartoons on Saturdays. And they would play just a series of their, you know, seven minute long, shitty, <laughs> uh, snaggle puss, um, uh, fuck, uh, Baba Louie, you know, just garbage fests that is Hanna-Barbera. But it would end with, like, Space Ghost, which was also terrible, but less less terrible. At least there was, like, shooting and spaceships and stuff. Uh, and then uh, the Herculoids. And the Herculoids, I was, I was thinking about the Herculoids and just what an insane group this cartoon was. Because it's like... It's just like, I I don't know what the pitch was for this show. It's like, well, we've got this family, and it's like, it's no, it's not like Swiss Family Robinson. I mean, like, they're on this alien planet, but, like, they're supposed to be there. And they seem to be the only thing on the planet that's, like, human-like. And then there's a family of them, and the dad's super ripped. Uh, but then they also have, like, two yellow schmoo characters that are named Gloop and Gleep. I'm sure they spent all night thinking up names for them. Uh, there's, a, like, a rock monster guy. There's, like, a something like a, like a Triceratops fucked a centipede. And it's got, like, a horn that, like, blasts cumballs out of it. Um, and then there's like a dragon eye type things, like a small dragon. But it, oh, but it doesn't have uh, it doesn't shoot fire out of its mouth. No, 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 no. It lasers or electricity like comes out of its eyes. Because that uh, the other thing, the other thing, we've all seen dragons before. We don't we don't want that. We want electric eyed dragons. That's way better. And I'm thinking about this cartoon, and I'm like, this does not make any sense at all. But, you know, not, not, when you think about it, neither does any of the other Hanna-Barbera uh, cartoons. But, uh, yeah, I think that's where my body issues started with him. Or either that or Thundar the Barbarian, but I'm pretty sure that was a little later. So I had a revelation the other day, and it was um, that... Um, food has many, you know, what we like and what we don't like have, you know, lots of factors that go into it. But I think one of the biggest factors that I have found, and one of the reasons why I don't like a lot of stuff people like, is because there is a whole group of people in the world that like salty and sweet together. Right? Like, I don't want that. I don't, I don't want chocolate covered bacon. I don't like, and, 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 and it extends beyond desserts, right? Like I don't like ham on my pizza. This is a salty, savory food. I don't want sweet fruits on it. All right. And this is, this, this is why I'm the outlier. Oh, and then, so I was on, uh, uh, uh so on the, my brother, my brother and me podcast, they do this thing where they read PR announcements about new products from fast food companies, and they call it the Munch Squad. And uh, it's hilarious to listen to um, 
fast food people try to pretend that their crap is healthy because it is not, not even a little bit. So um, I am on the Munch Squad Facebook group and I asked them, I was like, who here likes pineapple on pizza? And it was stunning to me. Like I had always heard that that was like the minority, but it was like two, it was, uh, it was two to one. So like 60% of the, 66% of the people who responded said they liked pineapple on pizza or at least didn't hate it. And it was funny because I, I asked the group because I was at this kid's birthday party just jerking it so hard. Oh, little Timmy, blow out the candle. And, you know, the pizza comes out and it's a tremendous amount of it is is pineapple ham Hawaiian pizza. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? And it, like, there's no way everybody's going to eat that. And of course they all ate it and I look like the idiot. But I went online and asked everybody and it turns out, no, that ratio of, of Hawaiian pizza to non-Hawaiian pizza was correct. Who knew? Okay, so I got one last thought before we go. Um, I, uh, uh, we've been watching, we've been trying to find movies that the girl can and will want to watch. Uh, it's been tough, uh, you know, uh, and, and there's only so many of them. And we tried to show her who framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, don't do that. Five-year-old's got no time for that. Uh, because it starts off like a traditional Looney Tunes cartoon, and then it goes into this other thing, and I'm just like, she got super bored with within two minutes of this, so I was like, all right. But, um, but we showed her uh, The Wizard of Oz, and The Wizard of Oz is really baffling. Um, there are parts of it that are really good, but the whole thing starts... Well, the whole thing starts with uh, the woman who plays the witch. Oh, well, so it actually took me a long time to realize that everybody who's in the black and white section of The Wizard of Oz has dual roles in the color part of, you know, when she gets to Oz. So, like, uh, the only two people who don't are her aunt and uncle. Uh, and that, But everybody else, all the farmhands the mean woman down the street who has come to claim Toto because Toto like bit her or something or dug in her garden. And so she got a note from the sheriff that she is now the rightful owner of Toto and she's going to take the dog and kill it. And it's just like, damn, this is super dark. But the thing, but, but the weird thing about the, the dual casting of everybody is that at the end when you watch the credits only like they're they don't list both roles they just list the black and white roles the roles that nobody remembers so it's like in the role of jimmy the farmhand it's you know ray bulger and you're like wait uh wait a second wasn't he also the lion was he the lion tin man ah fuck it i don't know anyway so i thought that was very strange um the other really odd thing is, so this movie starts and it's got this big title card at the beginning that's like, 
We know that people have enjoyed this book for 30 years, and we're just hoping that you'll love the movie just the same. And it's weird because it gives you this sort of impression that everybody has read this book, right? Like it was, I mean, this movie came out in 1939. There were not a lot of options for entertainment, right? There were books, uh, radio, and that's it, right? There was no TV yet. TV comes in the 50s. And, 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 and barely any movies, right? Like nowadays we're so spoiled because every weekend there's like 10 movies that come out. But back then, you know, you'd get one new movie maybe every couple of months. I don't know. But, uh, but it seems like just everybody read this book. And it's weird because when you, when the, when she gets to Oz, um, it's, it's, there's this long, so she, she, the house falls on the Wicked Witch, and, um, there's this long sequence of meeting the munchkins that has, that's just completely unnecessary. You know, we get, um, the, the coroner has to come out and proclaim that the witch is dead, and it's like, yeah, no duh, she got flattened by a house. No duh. Uh, and, um, the, the, uh, the, the lollipop guild shows up, but there's no introduction of them, right? Like, it's not like, like, they needed one extra sentence to say to Dorothy, Hey, Dorothy, here in Oz, we're all munchkins, and we all split up into a bunch of guilds. And so this is, makes me believe that this was something from the book that, they didn't explain very well, I guess because they just figured, well, everybody's read the book, so uh, here you go. But yeah, so then we get the Lollipop Guild, and we get this other weird ballerina guild, and then, and then it's just, it's a lot of time with Munchkins in Munchkin Land. Oh, and then I love Glenda the Good Witch um, shows up, and, uh, and uh, she says, um, she says something like, um, uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Dorothy says, uh, you can't be a good witch. All witches are mean. And she says, uh, no, uh, I'm a good witch. Only mean witches are ugly. And I'm thinking to myself, well, lady, then I bet you must be a mean witch because you ugly. You very ugly. Go back and look at, at Glenda the Good Witch. I hate to throw her under the bus, but yeah, she's dead. Like, to, by nowadays, if they if they were to do this movie again, she would be like played by like Char Charlize Theron or something. She, they'd get like the hottest chick on the planet and make her Glenda the Good Witch. It's not just you know she just looks like you know your next door neighbor or something. Just like yeah okay. So um, so the the one the, the the good parts. Oh I'm sorry. I'll give you one more weird negative part. It, this movie is kind of a bummer because it's a dream or a yeah it's a dream uh, and it's it sucks because you can't be just you can't pick it apart because in the end all you can say is oh this is just a dream you know oh that you've dead don't worry about that plot hole yeah, it's just a dream but one of the things I realized is uh, the wizard everybody knows. He's not the wizard, except for 
Dorothy the Lion uh, Tin Man, uh, and that's it. Everybody else knows. And it seems like they were all in on it because what, what, what he does is she goes to see the wizard and he says, I'll get you back home, but you have to kill. But he says you have to bring me the broom of the witch, but he knows that she's not going to be able to get the broom unless he kill, she kills her. Oh, we ran out of music. Oh, well. So everybody is in on it to get Dorothy to kill the witch. I mean, that's the whole that's the whole point of this, right? They're just like, hey, we're not gonna tell you that the big scary projection head isn't the wizard and he's just this goober behind the you know curtain because we really want you to kill the witch and we're all so chicken. I mean, look, the flying monkeys still terrifying, still super scary. So I could see not wanting to do that. Uh yeah, and then oh, and the other thing about this movie that drives me crazy is uh uh the the guy who plays the scarecrow, he calls her Dorothy. It's like it's just Dorothy, all right? Let's we don't need to add extra syllables and it's always Dorothy. It's like who talks like this? I know he's supposed to be from Kansas. I don't think Kansans speak like this. Uh and so I just thought that was weird. Um so uh but there are lots of good things uh, to this movie. It's, you know, tons and tons of memorable lines. Uh, you know, Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. I'll get you and your little dog, too. Um, there's a, a great line that the the lion has, um, uh, or when he's talking to the wizard, and... Um, and, and the the wizard says something like, uh, lots of people talk that have nothing to say. And of course, in this political climate, uh, my favorite line um, from uh, the movie is um, the, the lion is complaining that he doesn't have any courage. And the wizard tells him, you, sir, are confusing courage with wisdom, meaning you're smart to be scared. <laughs> Uh, which, which I like. And the, I think that most of the performances are, are good. I have to say Toto is the, the star of this movie. The more I watch it, because he's the one who drives everything, right? Like, uh, he gets captured at one point with Dorothy and then he escapes. He go gets, he goes, goes to get the, the scarecrow, the tin man and the lion. I knew I forgot one of them. Uh, and they go back, um, you, you know, there's, a, it's a lot of Toto like breaking free and doing a thing. And, uh, I wish, uh, you know, I wish you did like there, that's, that's the, that's your hero of the movies. And, you know, he's the one who pulls the curtain back to show that the wizard isn't, you know, really the wizard at all. He's just a person. Uh, and, oh, and the other thing too, that's amazing about this movie is some of the, makeup in this movie is amazing um i would put the scarecrow's makeup up against anything that you see today they've they've they painted you know because he's supposed to be a scarecrow right he's supposed to have a burlap sack for a head and so they've painted they've put something over his face but it's 
it's glued to his face, but it's it's designed to have the texture of a burlap sack. And then he's got a, a rope around his neck like you would because he's hanging. Yeah, he done bad things as Garrow. No, it's because you need the burlap sack to be, you know, tight. And they they have the burlap sack, like, come out the bottom and it's sort of, you know, uh, flayed out um, and and uh, flared. That's the word I meant. Flared out, not flayed out. Uh, flared out uh, like a burlap sack would be. And you're just like, wow, this is just amazing. Uh, Tin Man, no, not so much. It's interesting, but not makeup, not so good. And then the, the, the evil witch, terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then of course, obviously some of the visual effects, not so great. Uh, they, you know, but look, it's, you can't fault them, right? You know, this movie is, uh, like a hundred years old or something. I don't know. And so, you know, the effects weren't so hot. Um, but anyway, so, all right, well, I've got more to say, but I'll, we'll, we'll save it till next time. Uh, now that I'm unemployed, maybe these uh, gaps won't be so far apart. So, from me, from Dorothy, from Toto, and the music of Bright Brown, hopefully I'll get a job, and we can do this one more time. Till then!